Welcome to the podcast, From Crisis to Connection. I'm Jeff Stewart, licensed marriage and family therapist, and I'll be bringing the professional perspective. I'm Jody Stewart, unlicensed wife, mother, daughter, sister, friend, and neighbor, and I'll be bringing the regular everyday perspective. We are all about relationship recovery, and we'll tackle tough topics like infidelity, abuse, addiction, pornography, and betrayal trauma. We also focus on helping you build stronger connections in your most important relationships. So thanks for joining us. We're glad you're here. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast again. Yeah, welcome. So good to be with you every single time. Before we dive in, we want to tell you about a free course called The First Steps to Rebuilding Trust. This is a video course that you can download right away by clicking on the link in the show notes and putting in your email address, and we'll send it to you immediately. And it's a course that's designed to help support couples that are healing from the impact of betrayal. So there's videos and instruction for the person who's been betrayed, as well as the person who broke the trust, and give some really foundational steps for healing in the aftermath of betrayal. So again, you can download that by clicking on the link in the show notes, and we'll send it to you today. All right. Well, this will be a spicy topic yes, today. Yeah. We're talking about clarifying whether your partner is an addict or just a jerk. Mm-hmm. This is a question that comes up a lot. Really? Yeah, it does. Okay. So let's start here. Why does that matter? I think this question comes up because it's like, it's a question of choice, of intentionality. Okay. Of agency, right? Like, because I think the word addict, for example, is used from this place of powerlessness. Oh. Like that they're being controlled by something okay. that they can't stop. And so, in fact, that's okay. why the word addict is so controversial, both inside of this field, mm-hmm. but also in medicine. And it's just a really loaded term because a lot of people will hide behind the term addict as a way to get out of like I'm accountability. Like I'm a victim of the addiction. Of the- yeah. I, I remember when Tiger Woods... Uh, had his giant public crisis where he was, he went in inpatient for, okay. and then the sex addiction treatment. That was, yeah, yeah. right. He was out of control. This was 20 years ago or so. And, and at the time, the commentators in the news, so many people were mocking the fact that, oh, this really rich, famous guy is just a jerk, right? He's just a womanizer. He's just a terrible husband. Oh, interesting. And yet he's getting treatment for sexual addiction as a way to soften it or a way to feel sorry for him, oh, a way to let him off the hook because he's got this addiction that he can't control. So it's a really loaded word that really upsets a lot of people. A lot of people don't like the term. Even inside of our field, there's a lot of controversy around whether you should even use the word, whether sure. it's even helpful. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I think that's where, I mean, to answer your question, that's a long answer, but that's where I think it becomes challenging because it's like, should I feel bad for this person or should I really just hold them accountable and like have boundaries and, or leave or whatever. So does it, maybe another piece is just that it has to do with whether there is potential for change? That too. Because if there, if, I mean, if you decide that, that they're just a jerk, then maybe they, I mean, it got a bad apple. That cha- yeah. Right. Then, then that's not that's something that can change. Right. right. Is that just their personality? True either right. way. Right. Because you've been a jerk to me. It's true. I know. Shocker, guys. I know. I've been a jerk to you. I, I, I don't feel exposed. I mean, anybody. And I just feel like I had to balance. No, it's fine. It's fine. So, yeah, like if, if somebody is a jerk but still wants to, like, 
at some point recognizes that it's having an effect on their relationships that and it's going to have consequences that they don't want. Right. Then that person is just as capable of change as somebody who sees that like they are contributing to a some consistent patterns that are having an effect on the people in their relationships. They don't want that to go on. Right. So does it really matter? Is it just a matter of like labeling and that that somehow makes us feel better? Yeah, because I I feel like when I had somebody ask me that question recently. Okay. That very question with more colorful language, actually. Uh, Sure. (laughs) But, you know, this is a family podcast. (laughs) (laughs) No, we talk about some tough stuff here. So I'm just... Uh, but anyway, the question came up and it was, it was really from this place of like, should I be as hard on my husband about this? Or is he basically under the spell of something? Is he being carried along by this addiction? Or is he just a terrible person that I need to put in his place or have some serious consequences for? And my answer to her was, well, you know, it's probably both. Like there's definitely brain science around compulsive or addictive behaviors and substances. And there is a diminished agency. There's a diminished ability to make good choices. Capacity to have empathy under those conditions. Correct. Ability to see outside like your own limited and distorted reality. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Carl Eric Fisher, doctor, he, um, psychiatry professor, I think at Columbia, mm-hmm. wrote a book called The Choice, The Urge. The Urge, yeah. Yeah, The Urge. And that whole book was really about the history of addiction and how we've struggled, we've battled with this idea of like how to conceptualize it, how to talk about it. Bad for these people, yeah. Well, yeah, and are or they are people. they stuck? Are they different from us? And depending on the kind of addiction, some, I mean, because we all struggle with addictive tendencies, right? I mean, so his his conclusion in the book is like there's no them and us, like right. We're all susceptible to being to behaving badly and being bad actors in our lives and lives of others. Okay. So that's kind of what I'm digging into here. Uh What are the benefits of being able to label it, being able to say, well, my spouse has an addiction. What are the benefits to that? Are there any? I mean, I think the people that that really embrace that label, that embrace that that idea, I think they embrace it as as a form of accountability for saying, no, this thing does have a power over me. This thing does. It's almost like if I'm under the influence of my addiction, if I'm in addictive thinking, if I'm in this place, then I won't have access to my, my higher values. I won't have access to my better judgment. So I have to use this language. I have to talk about myself and my history this way because it keeps me honest about the slippery slope or how powerful this has been in my life or how much it can seduce me into ways of thinking, feeling, acting that have caused so much damage. So I think that that's where it gets embraced as a helpful term. Okay. And did you want to say more after that? Well, just like, yes, that can be the case, Uh but it can also be embraced in unhealthy ways. That's right. Some, like you mentioned earlier, Uh somebody can use it as just an out. Uh It it, it can just play into the victim that they are to the addiction, but also Mm -hmm. it could be that something that like a, a weight that somebody has to carry for the rest of their life because I'm an addict. And so Mm -hmm. I'll never be able to meet the potential that other normal people can meet because I'm an addict. Yeah. Yeah. That's not healthy. Yeah. And this, again, this is why this, this term has been so challenging for, I mean, I, I don't know that there's any agreement anywhere about, 
whether like how helpful it is. And so when people ask me like, well, am I an, am I an addict or not? We explore this very conversation yeah. of like, well, what do you need from that word? Like, what is it? Yeah, right. right. And do you need, I mean, do you, do you need something to club yourself with? Do you need something to hold you accountable? Do you need your partner to see you a certain way? I mean, it, it's- Does a partner need a word that like helps make sense of the craziness? Right. So- Yeah, and there can be all sorts of- I don't have a one size fits all opinion about the application of that word because especially with behavioral addictions, there's no like- you do it this many times and you're an addict. And, yeah. you know, there's not, it's not like that. No. Some people prefer the word out of control, mm. sexual behavior, compulsive sexual behavior. Some people like the term hypersexual. I mean, there's, I've heard, you know, battles and arguments about it. But I think at the core, the question is, is like, does this person have the ability to direct their life around this? Yeah. And should they be accountable? And should they, and the answer is yes, of course, they, yes, to all of that. Yeah. Nobody's so powerless they can't, make a choice. But does the answer to that question change if the person is a jerk? <laughs> but that's a, I, that, I for real, because I don't think it does. Right. I think if that person is a jerk, do they have the capacity to change? Yes. Right. Yes. They could. Yes. So it really is just about I mean, the Christmas your partner carol. and their choice. Right. A Christmas carol. Ebenezer Scrooge. Yeah. You could argue that he was addicted to money. Sure. And he was also a jerk. I mean, like, I think that when people ask that question, one or the other, they're really asking like, can this person change or not change? Can this person, should I feel bad for them or feel pity or hold them? Again? Oh, because you, you can't Because we get taught those apart. It can't be one or the other. Right. And I think, no, you can do both. You can say, you know what? I have compassion for the struggle. Maybe I personally don't know what that's like to be caught in something that you can't stop or you're, you're, or you're so far down the river that you don't realize how close you are. You go over the falls. And you, you know, you, you wake up at the bottom and you're like, what did I just do? I mean, your partner may not have any capacity to really relate to that or how could you think that or those kinds of things. I, you know, so they, they may need language to talk about that in a way that says that is overwhelming and confusing me and very unsafe that you're, that you'll go there. Uh -huh, yeah. That you keep buying into this thing that has the, this effect on you and uh -huh. And your behavior feels like you're just a big jerk. Like you just really hurt me so badly. So I think both are important. One is saying like, what are you going to do to stop the horrible behaviors? And the other one is, is like, you know, do you care about your impact on me? Yeah. Because to me, a jerk is someone who doesn't care about how they affect people. Mm -hmm. And I think when people heal from that, they have more compassion, more empathy, more accountability. So yeah, I believe people can change. Yeah, yeah me too. If conditions are, you know, for some of us, the conditions have to be strict enough, harsh enough. Yeah. Painful yes, enough. And it is very individualized. Mm -hmm. So ultimately, do you think that that comparison or that dichotomy, do you think that's helpful to frame it like that? Is my partner one or the other? Well, I mean, if the essence of the question is, can my partner change or not? Mm -hmm. That's a legitimate question. Yeah. But it's, it is a question for the partner. Right. Is the partner willing to change? Right. Because any partner can change. Yeah. Mark Laser, he's passed away, but he was a famous sex addiction therapist, writer, author, he, he, he said his first question to, to guys when he would meet with them in his office, his very first question was always, do you want to get well? Yeah. Oh yeah. That matters. Mm -hmm. And it just bypasses the, what do I have? What do I, Oh right. what do you call this? Or, you know, it's that. Yeah. What can, name can I hide behind next? Or, yeah. Or like you get lost in the weeds with all the labels yes. and, the, and the discussion around it, that it can just really almost become more unhelpful to spend time there. Yes. Instead of that core question of, do you want to get well? 
And so for couples, the question is, like, do we want to heal together? Right. There is that question. And for an individual who is struggling with compulsive behaviors, do you want to get well? Yeah, right. And I think even for someone who's been betrayed, they have to ask themselves that same question. Do you want to get well? Mm -hmm. Whether the relationship works out or not, I think those three, three, all three have to have that same question. You're right. Yeah. Right. Yes. And they may have different tasks and different responsibilities. The will to heal is an individual choice. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Hmm. So if you're wondering, is my partner an addict or a jerk? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's almost like that saying that our friend Wally Goddard used to say, he goes, if you ask bad questions. You ask the wrong question, wrong you'll get question. the wrong answer. Get the wrong answer. Yeah. yeah. I don't know that that's the right question. No. I think what we're talking about here is that the question is more about, you know, there is there is will, there's agency, there's choice in this. Even if you're having to start way back and there's a lot of damage to clean up, do you want to get well? That'll put you in a therapy office. That'll that'll help you subscribe to the course or the podcast or pay for, you know, whatever. That'll help you take the action and mm-hmm. apologize and do the things. That's all the choice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that really just plays out in time. That's right. Somebody's interest in healing and get in getting healthy. Mm -hmm. That plays out because in in one respect, any of us might feel like, yes, I want to get well. But then my willingness to really work, do the work it takes to get well. Yeah. May not stay consistent with Mm -hmm. my quote unquote desire. Right. And and to me, like when those separate, when it's like, oh, I want to, but I'm not doing yeah. the work, that's where those have to, I mean, you, that's where you have to like have those hard conversations yeah. with yourself and, you know, and just to say, yeah, I clearly don't want to enough. And right. I, I have compassion for people that really are stuck or struggle or how, are overcoming very pronounced reflexes and patterns and traumas. But I've also seen people just stay with it. Yeah. I was going to say, like you have seen people be able to answer that question. Yes, I want to get well mm-hmm. and stay in it oh, yeah. and keep facing it and leaning in and falling down and getting up and really break changing. it. Yeah. Break intergenerational cycles, yeah. overcome incredibly difficult odds. Yes. I've seen people really stay with that question of, yes, I'm committed to wellness and I yes. stay with it. And that's something, you know, we have to choose every moment. Yeah. Great discussion. I'm surprised you didn't catch me on that. Yeah, well, I'm just listening so intently. (laughs) Great discussion. Great talking with all of you. Love love exploring these things. Yeah, yeah. Because all these questions and ideas come up and they matter. They do. They do matter. So thanks for joining us. We love being with you every single week. Yeah, we sure do. And hope you'll be here with us again next time.